that video is actually it's actually about a year old, maybe even close to eighteen months. I was I was driving along, and we have a DVD player in the uh, the van. Greatest invention ever. Those of you that have DVD, you understand why. Those of you that don't have DVD, you're missing it. Get one. It's amazing. You turn it on. Kids leave you alone. You can drive and have normal conversations with your wife. Uh, sometimes we just drive around in the van with the DVD going so we can have normal conversations. It's great. Uh, and so wife wasn't with me. And, and I, know that, I know some of you after service are going to come, Pastor, you were filming while you were driving. It wasn't illegal then. It was a while ago. Get off me. I don't want to hear this dangerous. Don't care. Okay. Everyone survived. Um, and so I'm, I'm driving around and the movie recycles. When it gets to the end, it recycles. And, and it starts with the da 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 I turn it around to selfie mode and go, I wonder if she'll do it again. I go, Maddie, why don't you sing it again? I hit restart. Now, obviously, what am I doing with all my hands here while I'm driving? Uh, <laughs> drive with your leg. <laughs> anyway, so I restarted it, and, and you hear me say, all right, Maddie, you ready? Hoping that she'll actually sing, and, she, and she, she does this. And the cool thing is, I didn't have to tell her. I didn't sit there and teach her the Star Wars song. She picked it up. And our kids pick up things, whether we like it or not. How many times have your, has your child done something or sung a song that you didn't realize that they picked up, uh, like Star Wars? Or you're sitting there behind someone that's going slow, and Noah from the very back seat goes, Come on, dude! <laughs> and I go, Noah, quit riding with your mom. <laughs> it's just joking. We, we all know that's me, okay? My wife just tailgates him. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I love you. Good day. Uh, <laughs> and, and our kids pick these things up. And I didn't have to sit there and teach Noah, when we come up behind a slow car, I want you from the back seat to yell, come on, dude, because that will make him go faster. Um, he does, I didn't have to teach him that. And, and what we have to understand is our kids pick up from us, whether good or bad. But we all want to be good parents. Do you all want to be good parents? Those of you out there that are parents, do you want to be a good parents? I actually looked up a stat, and, and I wanted to, to actually see how much people really care what other people think about their parenting. Do you care what other people think about your parenting? Some of you say no, but the statistics say otherwise. Let's see. Uh, statistics, there we go. So, 93% of people say that they care that their spouse thinks they're a good parent. So 7% of you are like, I could care less if my spouse thinks I'm a good parent. Uh, isn't that kind of weird? Anyway, uh, own parents. 72% of you care that your own parents think you're good parents. So 28% of you are like, I don't care what my parents think. I'm praying for your heart. Uh, 56% of other parents, so your, your kids' friends' parents... 56% of you care what your friends, your kids' friends' parents say. Whew, that one's difficult. Let's go to an easy one. Uh, 52% of you care what your friends think about you as, as a parent. And 45% of you care if people are looking at you while your kid's throwing a fit in Walmart. Only 45% of you. And I can tell that's probably lower in Cleburne because I've been to Cleburne Walmart. Uh, <laughs> just going out on a limb there. But we all want to be good parents. 
We all do our best to be good parents. But here's the thing. Sometimes our kids pick up bad habits. Sometimes they pick up bad habits from us. And sometimes we realize that we do bad things when it comes out in our kids. How many of you have ever realized that? I'm not going to go into too much confession because I don't want you to know everything. Uh, But here's the thing. This is week two of our question series. And next week, trust me, you don't want to miss next week. Next week is our round table. Round. That was very country. Round. Round table discussion. Uh, Next Sunday is our round table discussion. All of our pastors are going to get up here and answer your questions, which you've submitted on the fly. I'm a little nervous about that, uh, and I kind of have a feeling this is how it's going to go. Ryan is going to be our moderator. He's going to ask questions, and we're all just going to go, you answer it. No, you answer it. (laughs) I don't want to answer that question. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, hopefully it's not like the JBQ thing. Hopefully Ron does not run in this thing. Wrong! (laughs) Minus 10 points. (laughs) But it's going, to be, it's going to be a great week. It's something that we've never done before. We're just trying that out. I, I think it's going to be a lot. And, and I think you guys are going to glean um, something awesome from it. But the question that was posed for today, and I think is a good question. I think we all wonder it. Is there such a thing as a generational curse? Is there such a thing as a generational curse? Now, before we get into it, I want to, I want to define what a curse means. A curse means to bring great evil upon, inflict or to utter implications. So what it means is that we bring bad things on ourselves. So when we ask a question that we can't answer, what do we do? We've got to go to the Bible. So if you have your Bibles, grab them. Go to Exodus 20. Go to Exodus 20. Stick your finger in Exodus 20. Then open it up, Romans 5. Stick your finger in Romans 5. Then go back to Exodus 20. Got it? Exodus 20, Romans 5. Exodus 20, Romans 5. So, first we're going to look at my first point, the Old Testament perspective. The Old Testament perspective. And now, if if those of you that were here during the the Ten Commandments series, Exodus 20 is the Ten Commandments. Okay. I was hoping somebody would help me with that. Exodus 20 is the? There you go. That's a JBQ question. You got one right. Okay. Uh, So, here we go. Exodus 20, verse 5. You shall not bow down to them to serve them. Now it's talking about you shall not serve other gods. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me. So what the Bible is saying is that if we worship other gods, we can pass that down to the second, third, fourth generation. Now you're like, that's interesting. How does that apply to me? I've got the answer. So back, let's, let's travel back in time to 1950, the 1950s. On, in the 1950s, if you were here on a Sunday morning, most places would not be open. Why? Because Sunday morning is the Lord's Day. Everybody's at church, so nobody's there to work at these establishments that would be open in 1950. Now, here's the thing. Fast forward to 1970. Was not alive. I'm just going on what people tell me. The 1970s, a lot of places were still closed on Sundays, but other things began to open up. Then fast forward to 1990, when I was a kid. I know that's hard for you, some of you. 1990, I was a kid. 
most things weren't open or most things weren't closed on Sunday. Then fast forward to 2018. There's only one place that I can think of that's closed on Sunday. And what is that? Okay, excuse me. Two places. Only one that really matters to me. You will not find me. You will not find me alive in a Hobby Lobby. If you find me, come resuscitate me because I'm dead. Uh, and so, how'd that happen? Here's how that happened. 1950s, people began to go to church. And church was the thing to do. Now, here's the problem. Everybody went to church because that's what everyone did. Church wasn't actually something that changed people. Now, there were some people that it did change. And their kids in 1970 continued to go to church. But the kids of the parents who just went to church because that's what everybody else was doing, they didn't go to church. Then in the 1970s, more, more parents only went to church because that's what everybody else was doing. Then in the 1990s, their kids got upset with it because they're like, why would I go to church? It's not changing my parents. They're not acting any different. Why would I go to church? Fast forward to 2018, we have the lowest attendance that church has ever seen. In fact, our denomination, which is the Assemblies of God, was one of the leaders in church growth. The church itself grew by 2%. Wow, 2%. Every other church, every other denomination, I think it was us, the Catholics, and the Mormons were the only ones that were above everyone else. Every other denomination, including non-denominational churches, declined. Why? Because we're spending too much time worshiping other gods and we've passed it down to our kids and our kids don't know any different. And here's the thing, if we don't stop it, eventually the church is going to cease to exist. Why? Because we've put the church in a place that it's not designed to be. We've put the church in an area of an idol. Church is here to benefit you. It's not something that you do. We have to understand our relationship with God is threefold. The first is your personal, your private devotional life with the Lord. Prayer, devotional. The second is a semi-private relationship. So the Jesus that we do with our close personal friends or small group. Then you have the third aspect, which is the public. The problem is we expect the public to do the rest of the work that the other two should be doing. And that's a problem. And so God can't ever change us because we just come and play the game of church. And we make it an idol. And we've passed that down to our kids and their kids and their kids. And they don't want anything to do with church because why should they come if they don't see any difference? Our generation, my generation, only wants, we've got so many things biting for our time. We only want to give time to something that's actually going to benefit us. And so if they don't see benefit from you, then they're not going to do it. You can't make church an idol. Church has to be something that changes you. Church has to be something that is who you, it it accentuates who you are. So we are solely responsible for what we have passed down to the next generation, whether it's good or evil. It's up to us. And so... What I'm going to say to you today is I can't find anything biblically 
Now, you can argue with me all day. That's fine. I can't find anything biblically that the Bible said there is a curse that's passed down from generation to generation. But what I can say is bad behavior does get passed down from generation to generation unless you do something about it. So what can we do about it? I told you to put your thumb in Romans 5. Jump over to Romans 5. I had my my ribbon there, so I was ready. Romans 5. Let's look at what we all inherit. No matter if you had good parents, bad parents, no parents, what do we all inherit? Let's read Romans 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin... And so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned for Adam and to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like transgressions of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. So what this is saying is that through Adam and Eve, we all have a curse What is that curse? We are all sinners. We all have sinned because Adam and Eve sinned. And so we pass that sin down to each and every one of our children. Let's have a show of hands in here. How many people had to teach their kids how to lie? No one. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, A lot of you came to me this morning and said, oh, your children are so beautiful. I posted some family photos yesterday. Your kids are so beautiful. Yes, but they lie like dogs as soon as they get in trouble. If I tell them not to touch their Skittles, then I find them with Skittles. And I ask them, where did you get your Skittles? They go, mommy told me I could have them. And I go ask mommy, mommy, did you say they could have the Skittles? No. Somebody's about to die. But I didn't have to teach them to do that. I didn't have to teach them to pit mommy and daddy against one another. They just were born that way. Why? Because we're all born into sin. But here's the thing. Things can change. It doesn't matter how you were brought up. It doesn't matter that we were all born into sin. You can be the difference. Now, my dad... My dad grew up from a family that didn't necessarily value education. In fact, my dad is the first male on my Barham side of the family to have a college diploma. He decided he was going to change something in that. And watch what happens. My dad got a diploma, I got a diploma, and my brother did as well. Now, I had to one-up them all and go to get my master's degree, but that's just because I'm just that kind of guy. I'm joking. God wanted me to go get a master's, so I said, yes, sir, whatever you ask me to do. And he beat me over the head until I did it. And so, but here's the thing. My dad chose to break the cycle. He could have said, well, the rest of my family didn't get a degree. Why do I need to go get one? Break the cycle. You know, it doesn't matter how you grow up. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter what family you come from. You can be different. You are not defined by that family. You are not defined by those choices. Let me one-up you. It doesn't matter what's happened to you in the past. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. You are not defined by your past self. God is not concerned 
with who you were. He's concerned with who you are and who you're going to be. So stop allowing Satan to tell you who you were. Walk in who you're going to be. And so we are not defined by the sins of our fathers. Rather, we are set free by the sacrifice of our Father. There you go. You can go share that on the Hope Church Facebook page. We are not defined by the sins of our fathers. Rather, we are set free by the sacrifice. The sacrifice of our Father. Your Father in heaven gave His Son to shed His blood so it doesn't matter what happened to you in your past. You are a new creation. There is no curse. Whether you believe in generational curses or not, there is no curse that can hold you down through the blood of Jesus. The reason I asked the worship band to sing nothing but the blood of Jesus is because what can wash away our sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the blood. That makes me white as snow. What does white as snow mean? It, it takes away all the bad things that you've done and makes you a new person. It doesn't matter who you were. It doesn't matter who your dad was. It doesn't matter if you had parents, didn't have parents. Jesus has made you whole again. Man, guys, I want you to understand that today. So let me go to my last point. How do we overcome the curse? So we talked about we are all cursed. We are cursed with sin. How do we overcome the curse? Romans 5, skip to verse 15. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have grace of God and the free gift by grace of the one man Jesus abounded for many. And the free gift is not like a result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses through justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through the one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus. So what this is saying to you guys today is that, yes, we have a sin problem in our world, but through the one man, Jesus, grace can reign through his free gift. Now, what is the free gift? His free gift is salvation. I know some of you, your favorite time of the year is Christmas. We wrap up these wonderful presents and we put them under the tree and what good do they do us under the tree if we don't open them? We have to go and open the gift. And that's what Jesus is saying. I have set you free. I have made you a new creation. But you have to open the gift. If you will not open the gift, you can't receive what Jesus has. And so our past tells us what we cannot do but Jesus shows us what we can do. Your past tells you what you thought you were, but Jesus tells you what you can be. Guys, I wish you could understand. God tells us when he forgives us of our sin, he casts our sin as far as the east is from the west. 
That means that's, that's infinite. What he's trying to say is they're infinitely far away from each other. That means Jesus knew when you got up this morning what sins, what bad things you were going to do today, and he, guess what? He already forgave you. He already paid the price for them. In fact, before you were even born, he went to the cross and died for each and every one of your sins. So when we think about that, Jesus was not surprised by your past. Jesus was not surprised by the things you did in the past. In fact, he expected it and knew it would transform you into who he called you to be to begin with. So guys, don't allow Satan to tell you who you were. Allow God to show you who you are. God doesn't make mistakes. You are not a mistake. God didn't do anything but creates you to be a new creation that is powerful. Guys, through the free gift, through the shed blood of Jesus, we can do anything. So don't sit there and let, don't sit there and let Satan tell you what you used to be. Guys, I talk to so many people that say, Pastor, you know what? I'm going to get in church when I get my life together. You know what my advice to them is? Get in church because then you can get your life together. It's the best place to get your life together. I want to have a show of hands. How many people in here are perfect? Okay, I'm going to put my hand out because I'm not perfect. But no one should have their hand up. Okay? None of us in here are perfect. We're all trying to be better. But here's what our job is. Our job is not to remind each other of the, the boneheaded things we did. What our job is is to bear each other's burdens... And remind each other who we are in Christ. Because in Christ, we are a new creation. Guys, before... Yeah, get excited about that. Sorry, I'm too, I'm too busy preaching for y'all to get excited. Because uh, guys, I'm here to tell you, without Jesus, without the shed blood of Jesus, I would not be up here with you guys today. I was not cut from the cloth to be a pastor. You know, I come from a line of very faithful people that went to church, that served God, but I do not come from a line of pastors. In fact, when I told my mom I was going into ministry, she cried. She really did. Ask her. And do you know why she cried? Because she knew all you people would be mean to me. That's why she cried. <laughs> you made my mom cry before she even knew you. Right? Yes, okay. <laughs> but here's the thing. God transformed me to be the man that I am today. And guys, I'm here to tell you, God continues to amaze me. I never thought that with a church of our size, of the, of the demographics and all that, that we could raise $180,000 for a building. God blew my mind with that. I, I mean, I don't know if I just need more faith, which is probably it. But God has just done one thing after another, after another, after another. And the cool thing is when Crystal and I tell other people about all the amazing things that God has done, we actually get used to it. We're used to how much God has blessed us so we forget. And other people are just sitting there going, wow, that's amazing. And you're like, that actually is amazing. I, I need to actually, like, it is amazing. And I, and I need to stop being so used to it. But guys, I look around this room. 
And I see each and every one of you. And you are not defined by who you were. God is not concerned with your past. God is not concerned with the past you. God is not concerned with the person that got upset with their kids on the way to church. God's not concerned with that person. He is concerned about what you can be because if you will truly walk in what God has called you to be, you could be dangerous. Satan wants us to be ineffective. That's why he reminds us of all our mistakes because we feel like we are not good enough. But through the shed blood of Jesus, each and every one of you are good enough to do the ministry that God has called you to do. And guys, we have to be set free by that today. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you in your life today? The first question I have for you is this. Why are you still allowing your past to define you? Why are you still allowing your past to define you? Guys, if I've said it once, I'm going to say it a thousand more times. God does not remind you of your past. He is not going to, he doesn't want to sit here and for you to relive all the bad things that have happened. He wants you to be concerned about what you can do to walk in what he has called you to do. That is all he's concerned with. So the only being that it can remind you of your past is Satan. The second, do you need to be set free with the love of Jesus today? I was talking this week and I, I can't remember who it was. People could just grasp how much Jesus really loves them. They would not be concerned about everything else. Because God loves you so much. You think about how much you love your kids or think about how much you love your spouse or think about how much you love your grandkids or your aunt or your nieces or nephews. Think about how they can never do anything to make you stop loving them. God loves you a thousand times more. Think about how if your nieces, nephews, your kids, if they do something wrong and you forgive them, I mean, it's no big deal. You just forgive them because they're so dang cute. It's hard to be mad at them so long, right? Okay, some of them, not all of them. But imagine... God wants to forgive you a thousand times more. And even more than that. I'm just saying a thousand times because that's probably a million infinite. I don't know what's more than a million. One of you nerds help me. Trillion. Trillion. That's fine. <laughs> Billion. Billion trillion. Billion trillion gazillion, right? Like we were in school. Man, it's a tough day. I blame my dad. It's too hot in here and I got this jacket on and I can't think, okay? So take me to my last point. My last question as the band comes back. Do you need to accept the free gift from, from God today? Do you need to accept the free gift of Jesus today? Now, that's twofold. One, some of you, I know in this room, have known Jesus for a long time. You've walked with him. You've had a relationship with him. But you're allowing yourself to be bogged down by your past. What God wants you to do is He wants you to be set free today. He wants you to no longer be concerned with your past. He wants you to be focused on what He has called you to do. Because guys, I look around this room and I see that God has called each and every one of you to do great things. There is no mediocrity in this room. If you will truly walk in the goodness of God, walk in what God has called you to do, you can accomplish 
anything with his help. So maybe today you need to come up and have one of our prayer partners just really pray over you so that you can release all the junk that's going on in your life. Or maybe, maybe you've never accepted Christ. Like Justin was talking about earlier. Maybe you're not sure if today was your last day on this earth if you'd actually be in heaven. You know, maybe you don't even know what a relationship with Jesus is all about. But guys, I'm here to tell you, Jesus is offering that free gift. You don't have to understand all that that gift entails right now. You just have to be willing to be obedient to what God has called you to do. So if you feel God tugging at your heart today, saying, man, I don't know what this means, but I just need Jesus. I want you to come up and I want you to pray with one of our prayer partners. They'll be in the front and the back. Pray with them. So guys, if you need to release anything, maybe you've known Jesus a long time and you just need somebody to just let it all go. Allow one of our prayer partners to do that. Trust me, it's we get excited about praying for you. In fact, Carlos told me I prayed for him how many weeks ago? I prayed for him last week that he'd, he'd get it a, a, something with a job. I don't remember. Huh? A sign. I, I prayed for a sign. And somebody this week just said, Hey, I'd love to help you start your own business. God is working. And if you will be faithful to step out and allow somebody to pray for you, you'll get your sign. Here's your sign. I don't even remember praying for the sign, but the sign came because Jesus is in control. So if you need Jesus to blow up in your life today, I want you to come and pray with one of our prayer partners. If you need Jesus, if you need a relationship with Jesus, I want you to pray with one of our prayer partners today. As we talk about the blood, as we sing about the blood, allow the blood of God to just wash over you and completely transform you into a